Hello, Rebels of the Revolution. Normally, I start off this podcast by saying hi, but I'm going to start this one off by saying hydration. We know how important hydration is for our bodies. It's the thing that keeps us running, right? You want to be a well-oiled machine. You want to be running efficiently. You know what can help you run efficiently? Liquid IV. It is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being and their hydration multiplier is the one product that you are missing in your daily routine it comes in a little stick that's a powder and in just one stick you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone if you use it first thing in the morning maybe before a workout when you feel run down maybe after a long night out and doing a little partying you know what i mean and what if you have like a long flight or something like that and you just right we all feel that way so add this to your water and that convenient packaging can go with you anywhere you go, even if you're going to the gym or you're traveling or you're at work and maybe you didn't have a great breakfast. At least it's something that will fuel you up in the morning. And there's a whole bunch of flavors that are available like sea berry, strawberry lemonade, concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, strawberry, passion fruit, guava, acai berry. Did I say that right? I never know how to say that. But those are just some of the flavors. Here's some statistics for you folks. One stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and even vitamin C. And we all know how important those B vitamins are. It's got three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and it is free from gluten, dairy, and soy. I'm going to offer you a great deal, Rebels. If you go to liquidiv.com and use offer code SHERPA, you can get 20% off of anything that you order on that site when you're shopping for some better hydration. So that's Liquid IV. Check it out at liquidiv.com. podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you in cooperation with the SJ Network. If you're a person who'd like to appear on a podcast, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. Today on Too Many Podcasts. It's an interview with Jared Kamrowski, the founder and CEO of ThriftyTraveler.com. Anything is better than flying on Podcastia Airlines. Last time I flew with them, the pilot took up a collection for fuel. And they don't let you board the plane unless you have exact change. And, before the flight took off, the flight attendant advised us to fasten our Velcro. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels of the Sherpa Lucian. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts and so much more. It's me, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Your friendly neighborhood Sherpa, guiding you through the mountains and mountains of podcasts. But today, it's going to be a little different. It's a so much more episode. You've probably been wondering after all this time, when is he going to do it so much more? And you've come to the right episode, my friends. And my guest today is a guy named Jared Kamrowski, and he is the CEO and founder of ThriftyTraveler.com. It is a travel website. Of course it is. And he shows you how to get... Good deals on flights on wherever you are going. So we got the chance to talk about flying and the realities of it. And we got to know Jared for a little bit. This is one that if you love to travel and you've got that traveling bug, 
you're going to want to have a listen, and everybody else, you guys want to have a listen too, because it's a good one. Let's hear my interview with Jared Kamarowski of thriftytraveler.com. Hello there, Rebels. We are in the destination room at the Sherpa Chalet, and my guest today is the founder and CEO of thriftytraveler.com. His name is Jared Kamarowski. He's coming to us from... Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? That's right. That's right, Jim. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thanks for having me. Now, you originally weren't even in the travel business when all of this started. You were you were a CPA, is that right? Yeah, I was a CPA. I worked in banking, but I was traveling a lot for work, which got me kind of into traveling, business traveling, mm-hmm. necessarily leisure traveling. But that's kind of where I learned how to yeah, start to save. How, how long has the website been around yeah the website has been around for eight years now Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i did it uh it was kind of like a side hustle like so many people start their their businesses so i did as a side hustle for for two years and then quit my corporate job and yeah i've been doing uh it full time for i lose track of time but six years now so yeah now we have a team of uh 20 people and we're yeah based on minneapolis when uh you first did this. I mean, was it kind of weird? Was it a natural transition getting into travel f- from being a CPA? Where I mean, I guess were you picking up that many tricks where you said, you know what, we've got to share this with people? Is that was that your intention? Yeah, yeah. I actually worked for the federal government, so going from federal government to entrepreneurship is not the most likely <laughs> transition or the straightest line. But, but honestly, yeah. I mean, I was traveling for over a hundred nights a year, which you know, I was staying in hotels all over the United States, uh, and I was flying a lot, um, which just kind of got me acquainted with all these different loyalty programs. And one of the big things for anybody who travels a lot is the credit card side of things, credit card travel rewards which were relatively new to me when I started that job. And then I got really nerdy with it, as so many people who travel a lot for work do. We're going to kind of go over some of the pointers that people need for for having a really good, affordable trip. Would you say that's weapon number one to have like a good travel credit card? Is it necessary or, you know, is it for the more frequent traveler or like the occasional traveler? You know, I'd say it's, you know, even for the beginner traveler, I I like to think of it like as a tool belt toolkit of all these different options of ways to save on travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And a travel rewards credit card is just one piece of that arsenal that you can choose from. I will say it is particularly effective. But I mean, the dangers too are, you know, credit card debt is a huge issue here. Right. Um, you know, in the United States. So there are some pitfalls you need to be aware of as well. So it's not without some so, some caution. <laughs> so we, we can't cheat it like a toy, in other words. <laughs> no, no, it can be. It's it is a fun toy. But yeah, it, it can be you got to be careful. What do you think is like the biggest misconception people have about booking travel? Uh th- Really, it's the way people approach travel. So at Thrifty Travel, we have a rule for booking flights called the flight first rule, Um, trying to find that cheap flight because a lot of times your flight is the most expensive and people focus, don't necessarily focus on the flight first. They're like, I want to go to X destination. Maybe they book a hotel or a tour and then they try to find flights later on. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you, you, flexibility is the key to saving on travel. So we're all about trying to get people to rewire the way they think and let the cheap flight be their guide to where they go and when they go. Flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. You're going to hear me say that a lot. What about like folks that uh, say they have jobs? We'll, we'll just say just for argument's sake, like a, 
like a teacher, you know, they, they, they get the spring break, they get, you know, two weeks for Christmas, they get, you know, Easter or uh, I, I, let's say spring break or whatever. They have the little winter break, you know, and they're kind of confined to the times that they can choose. What's the best way for them to approach getting a good deal? Yeah. Yeah. What you're going to have to do, because, yeah, you know, we hear from a lot of teachers is a common, common pain point for them is, yeah, they have a very limited number of days they can travel. So what you want to do is just look at flights on those different, you know, times that you have off, you know, things like, for example, Thanksgiving, a lot of people uh, don't think about an international trip over Thanksgiving. You know, a lot of people want to be with their family. I get that. But it's actually one of the cheapest times to travel internationally because uh, people aren't focused on international travel and flights can be cheaper because it's all about supply and demand. Mm-hmm. But just you're going to have to tinker a little bit. Um, and uh, I will admit for teachers, it can be a little tough because the limited uh, options. And, you know, the, you were saying like flexibility. Uh, is there a better like day to start a trip and to come back, like not, not go from a Saturday to a Saturday or instead of maybe going from like a, a a Tuesday and then come back the following Thursday or something like that? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. So um, the cheapest days to fly. So when your butt's actually in that seat mm-hmm. are Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturdays departures and returns. So those aren't the typical days, you know, that people historically have flown, you know, people want to do like Friday to Sunday. Right. Um, but if you can kind of try maybe, maybe tinker with, you know, if you can make it work Wednesday to Saturday or maybe Saturday to Tuesday trips, even doing just a brief search um, for where maybe you want to go, I think you'll find the flights are definitely cheaper if you depart and return on those dates. You know, you have uh, an article on your website that I-, I applaud your bravery because I think you're the first person to come out and say there's not a specific time that you should be buying tickets. No. And thankfully, Google, um, obviously, and we're going to talk about Google flights shortly, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but Google's aggregated so much data around flight pricing, which is further supporting a lot of the things we've been saying for many years, you know, that Tuesdays are not necessarily the best days to book a flight. We're, ta- we're not talking about when you actually fly, but the day you book. Really, cheap flights can happen at any time, any day. Um, and really it's all about using tools like Google flights to find those cheap flights. Really, that's the key. It's not really when you book. Right. And, and I guess because travel is advanced so far and obviously the internet has played such a huge role in this that, you know, we, we have to learn to uh, create alerts too. That's exactly it. Yeah. We, our top, top recommendation is again, Google Flights. Google Flights has Google Flights price alerts. You know, a lot of people have used Hopper, the app that also mm-hmm. does alerts. Um, you know, using some alerts in some capacity, you know, that's really the key um, because you can't be checking every day. You can, you know, why wouldn't you set up some kind of an automation to just send you an email when prices drop and then you book? Right. Um, and, and honestly, it really is that easy. So, so since I know that I don't have to wait till like Wednesday morning at 2 a.m. To, <laughs> to buy a ticket to Toledo, um, is there a, a period like where away from the trip, like you have to buy like six weeks out before your trip, three weeks out? Is there, is there a sweet spot for that? Or is it basically the same thing that just, just look for the best price and keep your eye on Google flights? Yeah. For the most part, you're going to want to avoid booking within 30 to 45 days of departure. Uh, this is just kind of a standard rule. Okay. The closer you get to departure, 
Um, a lot of times, the higher the price gets, because mm-hmm. the airlines know that they can charge business customers really any price they want within you know a few weeks of departure, because you know their businesses are footing the bill and not individuals. So going on leisure trips, so we always say you know the booking calendar goes out eleven months. So you know always be looking. You know start out nine, ten months whenever you figure that you're going to go on a trip. That's when you start setting up those price alerts, monitor pricing. When you see some big drops or get kind of an idea of what a deal might be, um, you know, that's when you book. So yeah, avoid booking last minute. That's a that's a big pitfall you want to avoid. Do you think that the travel business has really been that topsy-turvy since COVID? Since COVID, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the rules that that you know were just standard rules of 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 how to find cheap flights. Um, where f- cheap flights were available. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff has changed. I will say, you know, things are kind of now returning back to the way that things were in, you know, 2019. Um, <clears throat> but there's some differences for sure. But there's still plenty of uh, cheap flights to be had. I know, with, uh, you know, so many people are aware, you know, with inflation and flight prices have increased. We've now seen them decrease a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's still cheap flights out there. You know what I was thinking? What we could do is I, I want to pretend that you have to take a trip. And I, I, I want to, can you, can we kind of pick your brain to kind of walk through what you do? You don't have to use specific brands if you don't want to, but you know, just, just to give an idea of what, you, I mean, if, if there are things that you favor, that's, you know, that's great. So let's say uh, you, you want to go to Vegas. So you, you want me to book and just walk through how yeah. I would book it? Yeah, sure. Let's do this. Um, so, you know, the first thing that I would start tinkering with is, yeah, I'd, I'd pull up Google flights. Um, and those of you who have, who maybe use Kayak or Priceline or whatever else, just stop using that. Definitely use Google flights. I promise I'm not sponsored by Google flights. Okay. Um, Google flights, just their da- data aggregation and just the ease of use, um, is just amazing. And then the fact is with Google flights, you can book at the end directly through the airline. So let's say I'm looking, I'm in Minneapolis. I'm looking for a flight to Vegas. Um, you know, based in Minneapolis, I'm probably going to try to find a Delta flight. So I'm going to get on Google flights. You can filter by airline. You know, maybe I want to save a lot and I want to fly spirit or another local, uh, kind of budget carrier, sun country here. And you can filter by what you want to do. You can filter by times, you know, do I want to fly nonstop? Generally, I would say yes, try to fly nonstop Mm -hmm. to Vegas. Um, nobody wants a connection on the return flight home from Vegas, uh, And then, you know, what I would do is I would, I would look at cash flight prices, maybe set up a few alerts. Um, you know, if I have enough time out, you know, let's say maybe it's in six months, my trip, I'd set up some alerts, you know, I'd watch those alerts for a while. And then I'd also search, you know, with my, um, you know, if I want to fly Delta, I'd look on the mileage side. So like kind of the credit card travel rewards or just travel rewards in general. Maybe I can use my Delta Sky miles mm-hmm. um, instead of using cash. Cause that's really the next level. The next layer of the onion is like, okay. Yeah, I can find a cheap cash flight. Or how about I could use points and miles to book it for free or next to free, you know, relatively. So um, <clears throat> I would just go through all my different options, you know, for a domestic flight like that. You'd say, you know, don't buy within 45 days of you know, your intended trip. What about like with hotels and, and car rentals? Is the same rule apply there? Yeah. You know, there can be a lot of variability with hotel flight prices, with hotel pricing. That des- doesn't necessarily match up to flights. So, like with hotels, for example, sometimes as it gets closer to when an event ha- or I mean, you, whenever you want to go somewhere, sometimes the, the hotel pricing will drop mm-hmm. as you get closer 
to when you'd actually stay. But sometimes it increases. So hotels are really tough. Um, flight pricing is very predictable. Usually you can, you know, there's rules of thumb and expectations, but yeah, you, it's, it's really tough on the, the, uh, the hotel as well as the car rental side. Um, there is a tool called, called auto slash. We have a great, um, article about that at thriftytraveler.com, which allows you, if you do book a car rental, it will monitor pricing and let you know when prices drop, um, which is pretty slick. I've actually heard from one, uh, show that does travel that says book the car early. And then if you're getting closer to your trip, look on that same website again, or even another website. And if you find it cheaper, cancel that first one and then rebook the car. Yeah, that's great advice. I'll be honest with you. Just you'd have to just kind of see, um, you know, yeah, with a few, with a few weeks left, maybe uh, before you actually depart, if you can get the hotel, if that's cancelable for a full mm-hmm. refund or the uh, the car rental, yeah, cancel and rebook. That's actually one of the greatest things that came out of the pandemic is the ability to cancel flights for a voucher and just the ease of canceling, you know, hotels and rental cars. That's gotten a little easier as well. That's actually the next question that I wanted to ask you. I, I know there's been a lot of travel headaches lately uh, with flight delays and people canceling trips and stuff. What's the best protection that a consumer should use when they've got that trip all planned so that they don't have to worry about just losing everything? Is it the trip insurance? Is they, does it, Should they just do insurance individually with each item so if they can change things around what what would you suggest yeah we I'll be honest we don't do a whole lot of of uh, travel or trip insurance just because the policies can be kind of complicated and mm-hmm. um you know it's, there's just a lot of rules so okay. um we don't necessarily rem, rem, uh, recommend you know travel insurance unless you have like a huge non-refundable like part of your trip then maybe you want insurance for that but, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, your flight gets delayed or canceled. You know, we have some recommendations for how to avoid that. Always trying to fly, uh, fly on like the first flight of the morning, because usually as the day progresses, um, airlines experience more and more, uh, just difficulties, cancellations that can kind of cascade, um, and cause delays and cancellations. So we always say, you know, try to take the first flight in the morning, try to fly nonstop. The more connections you have, the more likely you are. To run into problems. And lastly, definitely book a flight that's in a main cabin or higher. So avoid basic economy tickets um, because with a main cabin ticket, you can always cancel for a voucher, um, which just makes it so easy, especially if you want to just cancel, rebook um, a different flight time. Um, it's just going to make your life a lot, a lot easier. Now, uh, with the airlines, uh, I'm, I'm kind of guessing, and, and I mean, I could be off here, Jared, and you can correct me. You, you seem to be pretty flexible about what airline you take on what trip. I mean, you, if they're offering you a good deal? Yes, definitely. So, you know, you know I speak out of kind of both sides of my mouth because <laughs> I do have Delta status. I love flying Delta. I'm here in Minneapolis, which is a Delta hub. But at the same time, loyalty has its costs. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can save a lot of money, like if by flying American or United a lot of times. And so people put themselves into this situation where, you know, I travel a lot, so I'm able to keep up my status. But people who don't travel that much, they still chase status. And a lot of times it just doesn't make sense. And they should be what we call free agents. They mm-hmm. should be going wherever the cheap flight, you know, will take them um, and, and not try to do the loyalty or do anything crazy to keep up status. There's some people that take flights to nowhere 
like like a Saturday afternoon and they'll fly like halfway across the country just to keep their their status on whatever <laughs> airline up. And it's just this crazy stuff that people do. So we always say, you know, be a free agent and just take the cheap flight. <laughs> hopefully those are the type of people that can actually find something at their destination. <laughs> Some of these people just fly to the destination and get right back on the plane and fly home. So it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I can honestly say I've never tried that. So uh, we were talking about your website, which I was getting lost in before uh, our conversation started. And I meant in a good way. I, I was really fascinated by this one article that you had that seven apps to download before you get to the airport. Yes. Yeah, we would just say we're going through, you know, uh, a lot of these newer apps that, you know, people might not have actually heard of. Um, I'll just read off a few of them. TripIt, um, which is more popular, just kind of a, it's a free travel planning tool. Mm -hmm. um, they have a great app that keeps everything organized. Um, another one is Flighty, um, which helps you uh, just keep ahead of delays and cancellation where your aircraft's at. They have a paid version, but you can go to thriftytraveler.com. This is in our guides, our travel guides. We got smartphone apps, um, you know, that will help you out at the airport. And um, our team absolutely loves these apps and they've definitely made it easier, especially like you said, with delays and cancellations and just trying to be organized. And some of those apps will let you know, like with your about a delay before the airline actually will let you know. It'll be like, oh, your plane's not going to arrive on time, mm -hmm. um, which can allow you, you know, you can pick up the phone, call the airline, try to, especially if you get a delay or cancellation or a cancellation, especially like the first thing you should do is try to either use the app to rebook or call right away um, before everybody else does the same thing. You don't have to answer this question if you want to answer no comment. What's probably the cheapest flight that you've ever taken yourself? Oh, the cheapest flight. I think, you know, the cheapest flight that uh, we found as a company, because we have a flight deal alert service for folks. Um, I didn't get to take it. It was during the pandemic. It was Atlanta to Santiago, Chile. I think it was for like $91. Wow. <laughs> Stop round trip. <laughs> I think it was, I was, it was below a hundred dollars. I can't remember exactly. I think it was, it was in 2020. Um, but that's the craziest. And that was a Delta flight. Um, I think that's the cheapest flight that I've ever booked. Didn't get to go fly because, um, neither, uh, I don't think Chile was open when my <laughs> flight actually happened, but I know there was definitely some people who were able to book out far enough, um, that they were able to take that flight. Uh, we mentioned, uh, the, the credit cards before the, for the, uh, for the flights and, uh, and the points and everything like that. Is, is there a good strategy for using those? Yeah. So what we always recommend is, you know, take things slow, um, you know, open up one, you know, travel rewards credit card. Um, you can go to thriftytraveler.com. We have a great beginner's guide that will just kind of walk you through just kind of just taking this step by step. Like we don't want people to like start opening up like two, three cards. Um, again, that can be a lot to manage. Um, so we just, you know, use the points, you know, open up a card. You know, a lot of times you have to put a, a certain amount of spend, like $3,000 in spend in your first three months. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you get the points. And then we always recommend, you know, trying to take a trip with them. Um, one of the best ways, especially with like cards like, you know, Chase Sapphire Preferred or the Capital One Venture, um, is to just book a cheap flight with those. Um, cause that's the cool thing is like if you find a cheap flight and then that will require fewer points to book it. So, um, I don't want to get too far into the weeds with this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, you know, try, 
we always say a lot of people get points paralysis, we call it, you know, they have all these points, but they want to, you know, redeem them for the absolute maximum amount. We always say, you know, just take a trip that you normally, you know, wouldn't take or couldn't afford. Um, and that's, you know, that's really getting good value for your miles. So we just say earn and burn all the time. Okay. All right. So let me summarize here. So make sure that we are not missing anything. So if you want a book, uh, wait at least 45 days or more to start looking. And we're going to look, uh, we're going to check Google flights, which is probably one of the best place to find some of the best deals. Uh, the airline doesn't really matter, but like you said, if, if you can find a nonstop flight, that's probably one of your best bet. The hotels may not sync with the trip, but we still got to kind of keep an eye out for those. And there are there are travel sites for hotels as well that uh, that can get people deals. And the same thing with uh, with car rentals. I know uh, one of your articles mentioned, uh, I guess, Lyft and Uber kind of playing a, a bigger part in travel now. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure which article you were reading, um, but but yeah, I mean Lyft and Uber. I mean I, we use those everywhere. Where I mean, it's, especially Uber is available, you know, worldwide, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely the key, especially the key to not getting ripped off sometimes because with <laughs> Uber it's you know set amount and you don't exchange cash or currency, um, which makes it easier, but. Um, you know, even with rental cars, you know, you know, we were talking about walking through. I just booked a rental car this evening. My wife and I are going to Maine, um, uh, Portland, Maine this fall. Um, so when I did that, you know, I did look at a bunch of different rental car websites. And then I also looked at Turo, mm-hmm. um, which Turo is essentially like Airbnb for cars, where you can actually rent people's individual people's cars, which right. can be a great way to save as well. Um, so I always do a comparison. You know, it doesn't make sense to rent a car at the airport. Use Turo, where somebody will come to the airport and drop the car off, um, or you can meet them somewhere. You know, what makes the most sense and, and can help you save. And uh, what what are your thoughts on the like the VRBOs and the and the you know the, the, the houses where you're renting as opposed to a hotel? Do you think they're a better deal? Uh, you, you know, maybe it gives you like a little more local flavor, or is overall? I mean, what, what do you prefer to do? Yeah, you know. <sighs> When it comes to Airbnb, VRBO, I mean, we book a lot, my wife and I uh, mm-hmm. and our son, we book a lot of those. Um, and they make the most sense for us, especially when we're either traveling with a group of people, like four or more or family trip, um, where you can you know, split the cost amongst, amongst a bunch of people, you know, get a big Airbnb or VRBO and split the cost, you know, whatever, five, six, seven, eight ways that can make it much cheaper than a hotel. But, you know, if it's just my wife and I traveling, a lot of times we'll just get a hotel because it'll make a lot more sense, especially with Airbnb's fees, yeah. um, which can be very high. Anybody who's booked an Airbnb can sometimes feel like a bit of a bait and switch yeah. um, where the fees make it cost prohibitive and a hotel might make more sense. So just it's always going to take a little bit of research and just a comparison of what is the flight, what is the pricing on Airbnb, VRBO versus hotels. Um, yeah, that's how you say yeah, and, and of course, being cautious, making sure that <laughs> the Airbnb you your booking is exactly the one that you saw online. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's I, not like a tree fort or anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to read the reviews. And sometimes you got to read more than just the first few. I know I have a very quick example. My wife and I and our family, we went to um, Scotland, uh, northern part of Scotland. And we got this Airbnb that was super cheap right on the coast. And I was like, how can it be this cheap? It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's right on the coast. It's in the countryside. The photos look amazing. And then we read like two or three reviews and we're like, oh, 
seems great. But we didn't read enough reviews. <laughs> and when we got there, the reason why the Airbnb itself was very nice. It looked exactly like the photos. But across the street, right in the ocean, was an oil refinery. <laughs> and there was all these offshore wells that were lit up all night. And it was really loud. And we're like, oh, my God. Like, we should have read the reviews. <laughs> One little small detail that a couple just of people left out. small detail. Got a, just a beautiful oil refinery out the front window. <laughs> if you're going on a tour looking at oil refineries, you found the dream spot, right? That is. If that is what you're into, I have got the right one for you. No, I know I'm supposed to be a travel professional and uh, we all make mistakes. <laughs> Sometimes we got to slow down. I know we always talk about, you know, researching, 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 researching. It's going to save you a lot of headaches. Taking the time. Okay. So before I let you go, uh, let everybody know about thriftytraveler.com. So I don't want to be sure that I, I, I've missed anything. Yeah. Head over to thriftytraveler.com. You know, we're a website that's all about travel news, obviously, um, guides and tips. Um, but we're, what we're really known for is our flight deal alert service um, called Thrifty Traveler Premium, which is a paid service. We also have a free version of that service. Um, and you can just go to thriftytraveler.com slash cheap dash flights or just go to the website. There's a bunch of pop-ups and anything that says cheap flights, click on one of those buttons and you can sign up for the service for free. Um, and whether you're in the United States or Canada, we find cheap flights for you from over 200 U.S. and Canadian cities. So no matter where you live, we can find cheap flights for you. So check out, you know, the free service. And uh, yeah, if you want more deals, um, including business, first class, points and miles deals, we've got our paid service, Thrifty Traveler Premium as well. All right, there you go. Jared Kamarowski, founder and CEO of thriftytraveler.com and your wife is the COO as a matter of fact I, yes. I, learned, I learned that little fact <laughs> yes <laughs> so everything is a business trip right <laughs> yes everything is a business trip she's really the boss <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the show Jared thanks for having me Jim we're on that internet thingy at sharepollution.com a very special thanks to Jared Kamarowski and be sure to check out thriftytraveler.com if you're planning on going away, and if you are going away, wherever you may be going, why not take us with you? You know, I'm kind of small. I can fit in a suitcase, maybe even a carry-on. I'm that kind of flexible, you know? But you know what I mean. You can hear this podcast on your favorite podcast app, sharepollution.com, or on our YouTube channel called, what else? Sharpollution. And that's also where you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So we look forward to hearing from you. And don't forget, if you can leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts and let me know, you will be entered in a contest where you can win free, just free podcast merchandise straight from the T Sharper Shop. That's right. It's all there for you. What are you waiting for? Go on the trip. Leave a nice review. I'm giving you so many things to do. Go do it. Do it. Stop listening now. The show is ending. <laughs> Until next time, folks, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. And until then, Lord Mr. Bruce, let's get on out of here, and let's wish you a hearty Viva La Sure Pollution. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva La Sure Viva la chapelition. <coughs> oh. 
Yo, come back now, you hear? You know, Rebels, if you've been checking out some of my promotional ads on social media, you will be aware that I have been using a lot of AI programs to help me create ads. But you know what? There's a lot more uses for AI than just funny little videos. And I'd like to introduce one of our new sponsors, Podium. It is a leader in creating AI tools for podcasters. Now, let's say you've got a podcast or maybe you're even thinking of doing a podcast. You're probably wondering, well, how can AI be integrated with your workflow? I'll tell you about Podium. As a podcaster, you know that writing show notes and creating chapters and transcribing episodes takes a lot of time and it can cost you a lot of money too. But you know what? That's where Podium comes in. It's an AI tool designed specifically for creators and podcasters with the goal of making post-production tasks quick and easy. And in just a few minutes, Podium generates show notes, chapters, summaries, clips for social media, a full transcript, suggested episode titles, social media posts, and more. Whew, that's a lot of work for one little program. Your show notes are key to your podcast's success because it helps new listeners find your podcast and they'll know if it's a fit for them. You know, kind of like too many podcasts. It also improves your SEO. That's your search engine optimization. Ooh, big phrase there. And overall accessibility. And with Podium, you can focus on creating a great podcast and let Podium's AI do the heavy lifting. But Podium isn't just for solo creators and podcasters. It's a game changer for editors, producers, marketers, agencies, and production studios. Teams that use Podiums are able to increase workloads, decrease turnaround times, and improve their quality. How does it work? Very easy. First, go to Podium's website, and you'll see that link that's right there in the show notes. You get three hours free just to try it. Pretty cool, huh? And using that link also supports this show as well. And you know what else happens? Because I'm a good guy. You use my link, you will get 50% off for your first month. So visit the site, upload an MP3 file, and download your files, and that's it. And if you need anything else, you can use Podium GPT to generate articles and any marketing copy you might need in seconds, instant show notes, transcripts, chapters for your podcast or channel. This will level up that podcast. So check out Podium today.